Welcome to No Comparison with your hosts, John and Sarah, a show where we pit two completely different things against each other, and our guest judge chooses a winner. Hey, Sarah, here we are again. How are you? Hey, John. Good. How are you? I'm, I'm doing great. Tell me about your life. What's What's been happening? Oh, man. Uh, I was out in the sun probably a little too long today, so I'm feeling a little punchy, uh, but that's good. I was making up for lost time, you know, with the pandemic. I was like, I'm going to get all my outdoor time in today. And I think I think that might have worked. That's how that works, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just get outside once a week and you're fine. Yeah, that's fine. I'm, I'm kind of like a vampire in that way. Like the sun's out. I'm like, <sighs> no, I can't be around it. But today I went for it. Not great. Not great. Two out of five. <laughs> well, I... I wanted to to talk to you about something. I think I think you know me pretty well now if we've been mm-hmm. doing this for a bit. And as you probably know, there are two things that are really important to me, really important, like um, sure. top of John's list. Number one is making a difference in the world. Somehow my life having meaning when it's over, mm-hmm. trying mm-hmm. to to better this planet before I leave it. I've often thought that of you. Yes. Thank you. Even in some small way. So that's number one. And uh, number two is Patrick Dempsey. (laughs) Yeah. You talk about him so much, actually. I've I've been a little worried. (laughs) So I thought I I really need to do something to pull those two loves together (laughs) in a productive way. That's also going to be good for my soul. I wanted to let you know that I've taken it upon myself to form the PDA. Oh God. What is that? It's the Patrick Dempsey association. Mm-hmm. And are you the president and CEO? I am both of those. I am the chairperson, shall we say of oh, the, the PDA. And it's, it's an organization whose mission is to honor the humanitarian, um, dramatic mm. and photogenic accomplishments <laughs> of one Patrick Galen Dempsey. Galen, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, you guys are on that first name basis. Well, I don't know. I don't think so. Oh, you've never met him? Correct. Oh, I okay. saw him in Can't Buy Me Love, which was in 1980 <laughs> something. And sure, I, sure. he was in that movie Enchanted, where uh-huh. he's like a prince. I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. He's great in that. I believe he headlined a, a TV doctor drama, right? For, for a long time. I haven't seen it. Don't know. <laughs> you're his number one fan. I didn't say that. Oh, I, I told you what my loves in life were and he mm-hmm. was number two, but mm-hmm. I, I got enough. I saw enough with Can't Buy Me Love and Enchanted where I'm all in. You know, there's something I about the, the cut of his jib and, mm-hmm. you know, he, he does uh, try to help the human race. He is an enormous contributor to cancer research. There's a whole um, Patrick Dempsey Center for Cancer Research in Maine. Wow. Really? Yeah. So he's, that. and you know, uh, of course, uh, he's got fantastic hair. Oh, yeah. He does. He does. I think he drives some race cars. It. Yes. Oh, oh, my God. Can you imagine? <laughs> can you? I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't imagine. So, anyway, there's at least for starters, there's the, um, the PDA uh, oh. itself as an organization uh, is going to also have a future. PDAs uh, or Patrick Dempsey announcements. So look for those. <laughs> and uh, we we do have a Pinterest 
board, um, of course which is do. which is currently the um, the home base for mm-hmm. the the PDA. And yeah, I'm hoping hoping by virtue of letting you know about it and our listeners that maybe that will gain some traction and sure. others can join me in honoring this true humanitarian and of course one of the leading actors of our generation mm-hmm. who, who needs more exposure i feel like uh, nobody knows about him so i think it's really good that you've started this grassroots movement here good 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 yeah. i'm glad you're on board but that was my that was my big announcement you know i, I wow yeah busy week i wanted you to be one of the first to know and uh i hope Thank you'll you. i'll help you support that and support me in in my my passion Absolutely. I just, I need you to know that I'm not a big fan of PDA in public. So I don't know if that matters at all. Well, we're going to have shirts and hats. So those will be in public for sure. Oh, okay. uh, the mm, Patrick know. Dempsey announcements, those PDAs will come out as well. <laughs> not to be confused with personal digital assistance. Oh, those sure. were a, a technology 20 years ago. I don't know what mm-hmm. else I'd be confused with, but anyway, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I am now president of um, the PDA. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank this you. Monumental. Yeah. What is just curious. What's number three on your list? Hmm. Grilled cheeses or. <laughs> Come on. Why you got to try to your words cut me so deep, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> number three for me. Um, uh, goodness. I'm going to say family like third family <laughs> i mean the top 10 for sure top oh, sure 10 for sure, sure for definitely family. top 20 i mean no no question there oh yeah. no doubt no doubt um <laughs> and at at present probably top 10 it could, yeah. it could fluctuate but yeah present, top 10 i don't know i'm gonna say i'm gonna say chocolate chip cookies those are probably third okay yeah it's kind of tough to beat those so like meaning and purpose in your life mm-hmm. patrick dempsey chocolate chip cookies mm-hmm that sounds really healthy, John. I'm proud of you. Thanks, Sarah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Speaking of healthy additions to my life, I'm pleased to introduce our friend, David. David, welcome to the show. Hello. Hello. So good to have you here. It's uh, fantastic to be here. This is exciting for me. Are you sure you're in the right place? <laughs> <laughs> it's, this is the podcast, right? This is it. Well, good. Good. Glad. I'm glad. There's uh, no comparison. <laughs> oh, he's going to fit right in. <laughs> well, as you, I think you know, we asked you to join us today on the show because we're going to pit a couple of um, completely uh, unrelated things against each other and in front of you, put them through their paces and ask you to pick a winner ultimately. So thanks for being here and being willing to engage in that ridiculous exercise. Could not be more excited to be engaged in ridiculousness. <laughs> then now, <laughs> so I hope I, I hope I bring a, a amplitude to that uh, to this podcast. <laughs> that's a word. I'm not sure that's a word. It is. I said it. I said that's it. a combination. <laughs> Attitude and amplitude. <laughs> a, you know, things were said. We're committing things to this. <laughs> we'll we'll cut all that out. Don't worry about it. Remember, you invited me, so. <laughs> My words matter. Whoops. <laughs> Whoops. Abort. Abort. <laughs> David, um, while we're here, before we get things really rolling, do you have any um, celebrities that you are particularly fond of? Sarah and I were just talking about one of mine. Sure. I mean, first, you'd 
I guess, which would be everybody, SpongeBob would be right at the top. Oh, right? 100%. I mean, the life he lives, right? I mean, mm -hmm. who couldn't have that attitude and just be a shining star? But uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's a little known guy out in California, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Hmm. I've never heard of him. Who is just yeah. to me, you know, I, and I heard somebody talking about this and it's so right. Could you imagine going to a foreign country? One, you have to learn language and you got to get a job and then you have to become a star and then you have to marry into royalty and then you have to take over leadership of one of the biggest provinces in the entire. I mean, that's right. I can yeah. barely mow my grass. <laughs> An accomplished fellow. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, he is, uh, I mean, he is. So, I mean, to me, I mean, he, he has kind of done a lot of he's whew, how do you do that? He's a magician. Too. It is. It is amazing. It is. Yeah, that no, that's amazing. His accomplishments as world class bodybuilder, then giant movie star for real, mm -hmm. then governor of California. Mm -hmm. He married a Kennedy. He married into American royalty, essentially. Fair enough. How do you? That's kind of everything on the list, right? I mean, is there anything kind of missing? What is missing from that list? <laughs> Nothing. Not a thing, man. He <laughs> <laughs> needs a, a fan club, though, John, if, you know, mm. your other thing doesn't work out. True. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm very, I'm very confident that, you know, that's your thing. If you love Mr. Schwarzenegger, more power to you. I am quite happy trying to shine a light on Mr. Hey. Dempsey for his mm. tremendous works on all fronts. So. And I'll be there for you. I'll wear my I support PDA shirt. Good. <laughs> I think this will be top sellers. Yeah. I'll give my my <laughs> donation and uh, get my I support PDA in a big way. Yeah. I just take cash. So I'll put that right into the old PDA fund. And uh, yeah, you can write it off on your taxes, I'm sure. <laughs> I'll write you a check on a banana peel. <laughs> I think corporate wants us to put those shirts in the merch store, you know, officially. So ooh, we'll have to ooh. look into that. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, I didn't see, yeah, I didn't see that email, but I will, I will be sure to check my inbox for that message from corporate, uh, back at the, uh, no comparison headquarters. So David, as you know, we're going to pit two very different things against each other. And those things were things that we didn't pick. We get our topics selected for us by our random topic generator which is a computerized system that has a mind of its own, picks our topics, and then we're stuck with them. We did this a little while back, so now we're gonna take a journey back in time using our time machine to hear how that went. Sarah, we meet again with the RTG to determine the topics of our next show. I am so nervous. This is such an anxiety-inducing part of the week, John. We say this every time that we're nervous, and it's because we are every time. It's not wearing off. And we keep coming back for more, so I guess it's kind of on us. I've gotten some feedback that people think this is fake, that we're not actually randomly what? generating anything. Yeah, that we just pick stuff and this is all, a, this is all fakery. Why would we go through the trouble to fake this? <laughs> Suffice it to say, we're not... We're not faking it in as much as we actually have a spreadsheet mm -hmm. with a bunch of different categories in it. So a little peek behind the curtain for everybody. And in yeah. those categories, uh, there are things like nature and animals and food and mm -hmm. places. And we actually click a button and that thing, the computer does its magic and selects one of those randomly. And then we're stuck with it. So it's, yes. it's actually surprising. It's surprising. And 
and real. So yes. for everyone who accused us of fakery, they're <laughs> wrong. We've devised a brilliant method for subjecting ourselves to this kind of thing. So that's exactly right. We actually went through the trouble. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's so unbelievable that we would spend enough time creating the RTG. I'd go one further. I think it's that people don't believe we're capable of doing it, no matter how much, <laughs> no matter how much time we spent on it. It's true. It's true. Well, this has been, you know, six or seven years in a think tank. We just got the final product. <laughs> yeah. Most of the effort on this show over the last year has been figure out how to get a random number out of a Google spreadsheet. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> With that said, I'm going to click the button whenever you okay. tell me to, and we'll see what you got for this next episode. All right. I'm ready. Click the button. Octopi? Like multiple octopus? I think that's what that means. Okay. I'm a little scared of octopus, so <laughs> that's going to be a fun research for me. A lot of nightmares coming, but you know what? Team cephalopod all the way. Let's do this. Let's do this. <laughs> I'm a what am I going up against though? I'm nervous. I, I don't know. I'm a little jealous though, because I think an octopus is such an awesome animal. Oh, they're awesome. I'm in awe of them. I'm also terrified of them because I, they know things they're listening to this conversation right now, <laughs> right now. I was going to go on a little rant about how awesome they are, but I don't want to give you any extra ammunition. <laughs> well, I mean, any, any bones you want to throw me, let me know. <laughs> well, let's see. Uh, let's see what the RTG has in store for my nemesis here. All right. Well, before we do that, let me ask you this. Are you nervous? Like, have you been thinking about this a lot? Like, like every episode, I think about it when we're in the heat of the moment, looking at the spreadsheet and wondering mm -hmm. what it's going to spit out. And I do get the jitters because I, I really do want to win and <laughs> I want to work the minimum amount it takes to win. <laughs> Fair enough. It's <laughs> a real, uh, real philosophy there. I like that. <laughs> All right. Click the button. No. Haunted houses. I got haunted houses. Wow. Are, are you going to go with like the kind at Halloween that are fake? Or are you going to go with the real ones? Here's the thing. I kid you not. I didn't realize this was even one of the possibilities in the random topic <laughs> generator. I would swear that this has not been in here until just this moment. Oh. <laughs> and it dropped in here just for me because it's. The RTG is haunted. That's my theory. Yeah, like a ghost is out to get you. They're like, here you go, John. I'm not goofing around. I didn't even realize this was in the RTG <laughs> universe. Well, the RTG is just adding things that it feels like we need to do. So, Wait a second. I think I just came up with the RTGU, the Random Topic Generator Universe. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> Octopi versus haunted houses. It's great. This is going to be tough. Yeah. This is an interesting one. Yeah. I don't know which way I'd bet yet, but it's going to be, it's going to be a good one. And as usual, completely ludicrous. Mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, they're both kind of nightmarish, so that's something. <laughs> well, best of luck, uh, Sarah. I don't think you're going to need it that much. I think you've got a great topic and I've got to, I've got to uh, become comfortable with the fact that the RTG is haunted and gave me haunted houses. Yeah, happy researching. You're going to be up late at night. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sarah, we'll see what happens. 
right. Wow. So octopi versus haunted houses. How are you feeling about this, John? Just like I did then. I, um, I'm ready for the challenge, but it, I got to admit, not my favorite topic so far, but I kind of like my odds with any topic against you with any topic. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. Fighting words right there. Yep. I got eight reasons tonight that I think I'm going to win. Okay. All right. Well, gauntlet thrown. (laughs) David, here's here's what's going to happen next. We're going to each do an overview of our topic. So Sarah's going to have a few minutes to tell you about Octopi and her take on them. I'm going to have the same opportunity regarding haunted houses. After that, there's going to be a series of events. These are different events every episode, uh, sort of like a triathlon. There'll be these three different events. And at the end of which, you'll need to um, assess the results of all those events and pick a winner. And and, and to John's point, it's like a triathlon, but a lot more sweaty. Uh, This is a lot more physically vigorous. I think this is really probably more impressive than triathlon. I don't want to overstate it, but probably. Yeah. I was thinking triathlon without the sweat and more (laughs) Oreos or some sort of... (laughs) Well, the way we do it. (laughs) (laughs) Oreo is the official snack of triathletes everywhere. Do you know, I got to tell you, this is the craziest thing. I used to work at this bakery. uh, We can cut all this out. But anyway, I used to work at this bakery (laughs) and we used to have a vegan day where we would serve vegan cupcakes. And Oreo was our most popular flavor because Oreos are vegan. I want you to think about that because it's really creepy. There's no butter Meat. or animal products in oh. an Oreo. <laughs> so I, so I what is went it? To meat. I was no. like, there's no meat in Oreo? No, no. Oh, gross. <laughs> there's, there's no animal products. So it's like, what is that? I'm, I'm, I'm actually kind of relieved because I really thought that that white Oreo filling was like yeah. made of lard. I really thought that, that that was mm-hmm. like animal no, fat and it's sugar. Just, wow. It's just chemicals. Don't worry. It's just a bunch of chemicals. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> 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 Rest easy. I'm searching yeah. the vegan then. Go vegan. <laughs> Before we get to our overviews, first things first, because you'll be our judge, we're going to swear you in to make this all official. And I will uh, take you through that now, David, if you're ready. I am ready. I'm awesome. Ready. Well, repeat after me. I, David. I, David. Swear to judge today's topics fairly. Swear to judge today's topics Fairly. Fairly. Fair, fairly. I like this judge. I probably need to cut this up into a shorter number of syllables for David. I, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm keeping tally of the, the, the insults over here. <laughs> That's going to make the scoring easier. David, I love that color on you. <laughs> That's sunburn. That's an insult. Okay. <laughs> you, you tell me, what's your limit? Five syllables, six syllables? What can I, what do I need to keep this to? <laughs> Uh, uh, just, just one, John. Oh, <laughs> this is an audio only podcast. Well done. Okay. <laughs> uh, for darn darn. For the I'm audience. Like, for I'm the... old school with that too. Did you notice that? I did see that. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> well, trying to keep this to the limited number of syllables that you can handle, David, let's try this from the top. I, David. I, David. Swear to judge today's topics fairly. Swear to judge today's topics fairly and with puberty, apparently, in my voice. I will do so in the fine tradition. I will do so in the fine tradition. Of Judges Wapner, Mathis, and Judy. Of Judges Wapner, Mathis, and Judy. 
Congratulations. So, all right. So exciting. Yay. Officially, <laughs> officially our judge for the, uh, for the show. There is going to be some sweating going on today. <laughs> wow. That was difficult. <laughs> With that, we're going to dive right into our overviews. Sarah, you're up first. You will have three minutes on the clock to tell us all about Octopi. So whenever you're ready, the floor is yours. Very good. Well, thank you for that intro, John. And I appreciate you saying we're going to dive in because we're going on a deep sea dive tonight with octopi or octopuses and octopus. That would be the soft bodied eight limbed cephalopod with two eyes, a beak and a complex nervous system. I know that's what you were wondering. Is it the one with the complex nervous system and the excellent eyesight? Heck yes, it is. Uh, octopus are among the most intelligent of all the invertebrates, which is really saying something uh, because I feel like I meet a lot of invertebrates in my day-to-day life. And these are some of the most intelligent. They grow very quickly and mature very quickly, but they have very short lifespans. They can defend against predators using ink, camouflage. Uh, they can jet through the water really quickly. And they're so smart that they can actually use deceit, which is really impressive uh, for, for an underwater creature. It's just amazing. The largest octopus on record is a giant Pacific octopus who uh, was 14 feet long from arm tip to arm tip and weighed 156 pounds, which is terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Um, An octopus can see in color. They're very social and they're bottom feeders. They're carnivores. So they eat little crustaceans and worms and things like that. They can replace lost limbs, kind of like a lizard, which is kind of cool. But some of my favorite facts about an octopus are based more in folklore. Um, so in Norway, Norwegian mythology, they appear as the Kraken. And in Greek mythology, they appear as the Gorgon, which is really cool. So they've got all this incredible history that we'll get into a little bit later. Um, but they're so impressive that they have inspired mythos, which is just really something. Um, an octopus has three hearts. Uh, one of the hearts is inactive when it's swimming. So they prefer to crawl along the ground so they can use the other two hearts. They are so clever that they commonly break out of aquariums and can learn to turn on and off light switches. Uh, So they have been known to break out of an aquarium to turn off the lights and then get back in the aquarium. That is uh, horrifying. Pretty fabulous in my opinion. It's horrifying. They've also been known to jump on boats, open crab traps, eat the crabs, and jump back off of the boat. (laughs) Uh, Octopus are a mainstay in popular culture. You'll recognize, of course, the uh, classic Beatles song, Octopus's Garden. Uh, You'll recognize Octopussy from the James Bond films. 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. I mean, really, they're just a stalwart in pop culture. You couldn't have the modern day Marvel superhero movie, right, without Doc Ock. And then my final favorite fact about the octopus is that each leg has its own mini brain, so it can taste, touch, and feel completely independently from the octopus itself. So really, it's kind of like nine creatures in one. You've got the eight legs and the body. You really can't beat that. That's a heck of a deal. And that, my friends, is an octopus. Wow. That was a lot. That was, right? Wow. <laughs> There's a lot to know, David. There's even more. <laughs> I feel like I need nine braids to take that all in. <laughs> well, there was there were many, many similarities between uh, you, David, no offense, and the description that we heard. If we were to go back and replay that. Because our judge is so intelligent and uh, crafty and, and a good swimmer. Is that what yeah, that's, that's the words you used. I was thinking bottom feeder and... Uh, <laughs> Can, can regrow my limbs. So. Uh, expelling ink. Yeah, sure. Right. Sure, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And David can turn off a light switch like nobody's business. I've seen him do oh, it. Oh, yeah, I've heard yeah. that. I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. And I do sleep in an aquarium. So, <laughs> yeah, it's very cozy. It was a waterbed, but then I had started with a hole. And then I figured, you know, you just, well, it's a long story, but uh, let's just say I can't turn off a light. Let's talk about that. <laughs> Focus on the positive. <laughs> 
that's not so weird. <laughs> Any other thoughts, David, on that quick overview of the horrifying, deceitful, bottom-feeding creature that Sarah has to champion this evening? No. I, I don't know what else to add to that. No. There's a lot there. Uh, I get it. Wow. Yeah. No, there's a lot there. And it was a, uh, there's so much to know about them. So I'm looking mm -hmm. forward to uh, knowing more about these uh, creatures of the sea. <laughs> well, I'm I'm particularly excited to hear what John has to bring to the table on this one, um, since he's making fun of my topic, saying it's horrifying. You're literally walking into a home that's designed to terrify you. So let's see how you deal with that. Let me know when you're ready and I'll start the timer. Well, before we start the timer, just to clarify, because there are two different kind of categories of haunted houses or haunted house I. There are those haunted houses that are supposedly really haunted, mm. bringing the ghost investigation crew and there's there's a spirit that lives there and people get truly, you know, scared. Is this a ploy to get more time? Because it kind of sounds like you've started. No, no, I'm just trying to clarify what the topic is. <laughs> then there's the other kind of haunted house which is the fun kind that people set up and do for entertainment. So that's the one that I'm going to be focusing on this evening, hmm. the second fun kind. So I just wanted to lay that out before we got into the overview in case there was any confusion. All right. There was no confusion until you started talking. <laughs> <laughs> that happens a lot. When he <laughs> I was going to say, are, 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 you, are you new around here, David? That is kind of my MO. <laughs> All right. Well, I am with that intro slash clarification. Yes, yeah, Sarah, if you're ready with the clock, I'm ready to get rolling. Let's go. The history of the haunted house is mostly based on trying to keep kids out of trouble. In the early 1900s, there were a, a number of old houses, 50, 100 years old, that were becoming dilapidated and dangerous. So to prevent kids from going into those dangerous places, adults would make up stories about ghosts or monsters that lived there, thus sort of started the uh, idea of the neighborhood haunted house. Halloween-oriented versions then began appearing during the Great Depression, hand-in-hand -hand with trick-or-treating. Both of those were a way to distract kids from the Halloween pranks they were getting into, like vandalism and harassment, it was a growing problem at the time. So those first haunted houses that were put together were by groups of families, like in their basements. And these were pretty goofy, mostly involving things like running through the dark into something hairy or sticky and ending with a big finale like a cardboard cutout of a black cat. Since then, commercial haunted attractions, quote unquote, have become a global industry. Now there's thousands of those around the world of all kinds and levels of creepiness, mostly occurring around Halloween, but some are set up for events like conventions or spring break, AKA scream break. They can be really big business like in Knott's Scary Farm in California or Universal's Halloween Horror Nights, but their roots are in the average families building stuff in their living rooms. To that end, there are lots of guides out there you can find for making your own haunted house. So I found some actual tips online for building and running your own one provided by advisors and consultants, so to speak. And I'd like to list a few of those. Uh, number one, find some spooky friends that can help build it and be spooky. Oh. Number two, don't have a lot of bright lights or guests will be able to tell where your spooky friends are hiding. Number three, if you have an actor chase people with a running chainsaw, make sure it no longer has a chain. 
That's a good one. Is that learned the hard way? I don't know, but that's the advice. There was a question about how much it costs to make one. And the quote was from the advisor, quote, I promise it will take you every dollar you can lay your hands on plus more to build your haunted house. It will take you between 20 and $35 per square foot. A little conflicting, but that was the advice. The last little tidbit advice that I really loved, it's my favorite, was if you have a maze, make sure there is a way out. Because <laughs> I imagine people just getting stacked up inside a maze one after the next because there's no way to exit it. Anyway, in closing, haunted houses, while started as a means of cleaning up the streets, are now a diverse, goofy celebration of entertaining people accessible to anyone and everyone. Time. Thank you. That's what I got on haunted houses. Wow. Slightly over. So I do feel like there was a little bit of cheating in there, but I'll allow it. By what? One second, maybe? You know, time is money, John. <laughs> well, especially on this show. <laughs> There's a cost associated with it. That's for sure. <laughs> Uh, well, I found all of that horrifying. I can't think of anything scarier than going into my neighbor's basement to have the crap scared out of me. But what do you think, Your Honor? Uh, that's an interesting history. I would have uh, suspected that it was uh, older than that, but um, I'll take your word for it. I thought the tidbits at the end were enlightening and useless at the same time. Um, <laughs> and uh, I agree, by the way. Terrifying. A lot of terrifying things about both topics. Mm -hmm. I'm a little afraid to pick. This is kind of a Fright Night episode. <laughs> it is. You're going to save this for Halloween. <laughs> yeah, if we were to replan this, this would be a good Halloween edition. Right. But we don't plan anything, and it's not, so. <laughs> but it'll just come out in, like, June. <laughs> Tough luck for everyone. Well, speaking of uh, time is money, let's step aside for just a second to hear from a couple of our sponsors. Thanks to our sponsor, Chunky's Socks. Tired of socks that tell everyone you're too soft? Chunky's Socks are made with sustainable, organic, reclaimed construction debris. Every pair of Chunky's Socks pummel your feet and toughen your spirit, while helping you to help the planet. And check out Chunky's new Earth Feeler series of ankles-only socks that give your feet the ultimate sense of freedom and adventure while wrapping just your ankles in Chunky's patented blend of materials. So tell all those millennial marshmallows to step aside. You're walking tall in the world's most brutal socks. Chunkies, real discomfort for real hard-ass Americans. Find Chunkies in Home Depot, Dan Mitchell's, or Whole Foods. And thanks to Broth Brothers Fine Furnishings for Men. At Broth Brothers, they offer a full line of luxury, soup-themed accessories for the discerning gentleman. From wallets to shaving products to pocket watches, love a good pocket watch and broth brothers selection of mouth-watering colognes has sense for every mood and every event classic chicken noodle or vegetable beef for the professional man broccoli cheddar or clam chowder perhaps french onion scent for date night even jambalaya when it's time to party so check out broth brothers full line of colognes and other fine furnishings and you know what they say with broth brothers when it comes to style and presence the soup is always on. All right, we are back. So it's time for the first of our three events. And this first event is called, Hey, That's My Friend. And in Hey, That's My Friend, what 
Sarah and I both have to do is talk about the qualities of our thing that would make it a good friend if it was a person. So we're going to be focused on the, their attributes that would involve, um, you know, knowing this person, not the material aspects of octopi or haunted houses. So that's the idea. Describe if each of these was our friend, what would make them a great friend? Does that make sense, David? It makes no sense at all, but yes, it makes a complete sense. Then you're following, yeah. Aside from we're the friends whole with an octopus and a haunted house. Ignore the premise. Doesn't right. make any sense. Right, that's right. Put aside the fact that none of this makes any sense. Does that make sense? That Now that makes sense. Perfect. So, Sarah, you're going to be up first Excellent. to tell us why octopi are your friend. Fantastic. Uh, well, there's myriad reasons why an octopus would be an excellent friend. I'll start with the obvious, of course. Um, if you're basing an octopus as a friend on its representation in other media, uh, for example, the villainess octopusy in the James Bond films, um, you would know that an octopus would be a world-class jewel smuggler and a wealthy businesswoman, which I think is, is excellent criteria for a friend. Somebody interesting, they're going to have a lot of really good party stories. You might even get something nice, you know, so that's good. I believe an octopus, based on what the Beatles have told me, would also be an avid gardener who's really into shade trees and, and entertaining. Um, so I think those those are pretty clear. You'd have you'd have those kind of attributes, but you'd also have someone who's very quick to defend their friends and loved ones, as an octopus is, who's a little bit of a rebel, kind of a cool guy, you know, very clever and resourceful person. I believe it goes without saying that as, as a friend with eight arms, this person would be a multitasker. They'd be able to mm -hmm. balance many things at once. With the three hearts, I, I think it's clear that the octopus would be a lover of romantic comedies. Uh, you know, three hearts to fill. So they'd always be up for good rom-com. An octopus would be very into calligraphy and ink pen writing. I think that's something they'd be really good at, which would make them excellent to have on hand if you were planning your wedding. Um, they'd be eight times as fast at doing the calligraphy for your invitations. Um, and that's something that an octopus would certainly help you with. I also believe that an octopus would be a year-round friend, whereas a haunted house would be more of a seasonal friend. So it could just kind of depends hey, on what you're hey. looking for. If you're looking for somebody who's always there for you, then the octopus is really the way to go. Last but not least, uh, I, I just couldn't resist. It's pretty clear. An octopus is always able to lend a hand, and that's what you really need in a friend. Oh. So that's my friend, the octopus. Man. Wow. I mean... You you kind of covered all the bases there, Sarah. I mean, Thank you. you had yeah. forced labor for your friend, making them put together <laughs> wedding invitations. No, 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 no sir. <laughs> you uh, described a fictitious character from a Bond movie. Uh, yeah, that's how you decide who's your friend. Okay. Right? Is that not how you... Am I doing this wrong? Whatever floats your boat, but what's more important <laughs> is how David feels about it. David, what, <laughs> what what's your reaction to Sarah's justification for octopi as her friend? I want to meet your friends. I uh, that's a lot. Of, <laughs> that's a lot of that's a lot of ingredients in that there pie. Right. Uh, you know, uh, the word psychopathic comes to mind. With Ooh. A, who was uh, a criminal mind who gardens, uh, but yeah. also wants to attend your wedding mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. um, have multiple hearts carrying around. I, you know, I. You know, we don't. We don't always get to choose how we're, we are. <laughs> I, well, yeah. Uh, I think the saying goes, you can choose your friends you can pick your nose and you can pick your friends but you can't pick your friend's nose <laughs> so i don't know how that fits in but if you <laughs> does an octopus have a nose 
It has a beak. Yes. Nobody knows. That's not a nose. Oh. The beak is the, the, the beak is the eating part. Do they have a, I mean, I'm asking this legit, Sarah, do they have a nose? They don't have a nose, but I can tell you this, that their ink smells bad to predators. Mm, okay. So, so other fish have noses? Yes. Fact. <laughs> fact. <laughs> Hashtag true fact. <laughs> Because it's on a podcast. <laughs> That's exactly right. I've said it. It's on the airwaves. It's true. Well, that'll be I heard it on the interwebs. It'll be a future topic. Fish noses. <laughs> fish noses and you. Delicious fried or boiled. <laughs> <laughs> they can't have noses because everybody would be like, does something smell like fish around here? <laughs> Do you smell? No. Well, John, this is this is a lot of big talk. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of curious why you think Haunted House would be so much of a better friend than an octopus. I'm happy to tell you because it's it's a slam dunk. Lay it on me. Let's talk about Haunted House Friend. They are the one in your friend group that is the fun one. They're the slightly out of control facilitator of good times and adventures. Haunted House Friend is up for anything and just wants to see everyone get their adrenaline pumping and having a good time. They're not just about thrills and chills. So if you need someone to organize shopping cart races or an impromptu sing-along in the line at the DMV, or maybe you just want someone to join you on a spontaneous weekend trip, Haunted House Friend is going to do it gladly while wearing a Hawaiian shirt and a cowboy hat. So like the haunted amusement industry itself, Haunted House Friend is flexible, willing to cater the adventure to anyone's tastes. Now, granted, I'll admit they're not big on rules and regulations. So... <laughs> You'll need someone else in your group that handles things like paying the parking meter or not having more than 10 items in the express lane or knowing the restaurant dress code. Haunted House Friend isn't doing any of that. They are also not big on personal hygiene. There may be some weird smells. Uh, they're not really big into having a business license or passing a health and safety inspection. They're just too busy launching zombie mannequins out of life's closets, so to speak. And that's the whole reason I like Haunted House Friend. They have their lane, they stick to it, and it's an awesome lane to have in your friendship highway. Oh, dear. Because, <laughs> because when we think about, hey, that's my friend, this whole game, it should reflect life where you have different kinds of friends with complementary talents and haunted house friend would be a blast. You need to have haunted house friend in your friend group. To me, haunted house friend sounds like the exhausting friend, like the friend who's always a little too drunk that you have to like take home, you know, just like scary and unpredictable, but it really matters what David thinks. <laughs> tell, tell, tell me more about the sanitation of this here friend of mine. Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. one I, the lost me a little bit. Most of my friends, pretty sanitary. Mm -hmm. Terry? Tori. Either In way. <laughs> well, David, if you look around your friend group and you don't think any of them are haunted house friend, it might mean that you're haunted house friend. I think I saw that on a uh, motivational poster or something. <laughs> None of us is as dumb as all of us. <laughs> Socrates, right? <laughs> Here's where I'm at with this whole thing. We're not looking for perfect friend, everything to all people friend. That doesn't exist. Hmm. We're looking for an awesomely complimentary member of your friendship squad. 
reasonably bathed friend, maybe though, might yeah. <laughs> might be something. You're going to have plenty of those. You need somebody who's willing to make the good times roll. And that's- I'm just feeling, you know, people feel so di- divisive about a haunted house. So I feel like haunted house friend is the friend that some of your friends hate. Okay. I'm good with that. I'm okay. good with that. Okay. I do feel like you're speaking about me, John. I can't be honest with you. And, uh, and uh, so I want to, goodness, make, I'm making a list. David, I mean, haunted house friend. <laughs> Take bath, pay parking meter. Yeah, I will give you, John, that your description of the friend is uh, more a little bit more engaging. I got to be honest with you. There wasn't that scary of, did this person just uh, steal a bunch of diamonds and now they're <laughs> going to pawn them off on me? And uh, I mean, if you're not into precious jewels, I don't suppose there's anything I can do for you. <laughs> so, I, you know, on this one, I'm, uh, I don't know. Are we into the judging part now? Can I judge or is it all judgmental? All you're along? judging the whole kind time. All judgmental. Okay. Yeah. You're judging the whole time. So if you want to tell us which way you're leaning right now, that's fine. If you want to sort of bide your time and roll out your feelings later, that's cool too, man. But if you got, if you, if you're feeling a certain way right now, let her rip. I'm taking some notes here, but I got to be honest with you. If I'm hanging out with somebody, I'm hanging out with haunted house friend. Yeah. Right, We're having a good time. We're goofy. If for nothing, no other reason, then I don't want to be haunted house friend. I want to be able to say, no, no, hmm. we're hanging out with haunted mm-hmm. house friend. Fair point. <laughs> that's, that's good news for me. Bad news for you, Sarah. But this is another opportunity for you to turn it around. That's right. That's our event number two. And David, event number two is called Hook Up the Trailer. And Hook up the trailer is an opportunity for Sarah and I to each describe our topic as if it were a movie trailer. And while it's a podcast, of course, it's audio only, we have to do our best to uh, create a, uh, a mental picture for you using the power of cinema, just like you would see in uh, one of your favorite trailers. Does that sound okay to you, David? Sounds fantastic. I can't wait to hear, see these trailers. Sarah, are you ready to um, roll out the red carpet? Well, when I was approaching this game, David, I really wanted to go in a more cerebral direction. So I tried to think, all right, octopus, eight legs. What's something else that has eight that's not terrifying? Because you automatically go to a spider, but they're horrible. You know, my mind wandered a bit and landed on one of my favorite things, which is the holidays. And I decided to write a movie trailer about an octopus discovering the meaning of Hanukkah. Here we go. (laughs) I'm super stoked for this. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to say the Brady Bunch. (laughs) You got me laughing now. Okay. I'm sorry. Please, please unleash this unleash this new hell on the world, Sarah. Oh man. Oh man. Okay. I really thought my low point was when I rewrote the Full House theme song, but we're just we're up in the mm. ante every nope. every time. Every nope. time. It's uh, lower lowering the ante might be the other way to look at it. All right. <clears throat> we open on a young octopus, Hannah, and her mother staring out over a coral reef that's completely decorated for Christmas. 
No one understands, Hannah says. Then you'll have to teach them, says her mother. And then we've got a montage, right? Because all the greatest movie trailers have a montage. So we have a montage of a baby octopus lighting a menorah and a baby octopus and his mom cooking little traditional Hanukkah foods like latkes. And then you cut to the montage with the mean kids. You've got little kid animals, like a little tiny fish and a little baby shark. And they're really cute, but they're really mean. And they're making fun of the little octopus. And like, we don't understand your food. We don't like your traditions. They're stupid. And uh, then they start throwing kickballs at the octopus. Everybody's throwing all the kickballs at the wow. octopus. But Hannah turns around and with her eight limbs, she catches all the kickballs all at once. And all the baby animals are like, whoa. And that's when we start, start to turn around, right? The, the feeling of the whole trailer starts to turn around. And then we begin with a montage of baby octopus teaching him about his hair, her heritage. And then we get to a voiceover. We still got all of them getting along and lighting candles. And we've got a voiceover that says, sometimes it's our differences that bring us together. And then you've got little baby octopus and he says, how do you make an octopus laugh? Give him tentacles. And everybody just starts laughing. Yay. And the voiceover says eight legs, eight nights, one feel good story. <laughs> An ocean of miracles opening Hanukkah 2021. Outstanding. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, who would have predicted that you could um, fuse together <laughs> that terrifying cephalopod with mm -hmm. a, a perfectly wonderful holiday like Hanukkah. <laughs> but I mean, it, if you can't see the connection, I, I can't help. <laughs> but, but congrats, you, you did it. <laughs> Can you work in a song with them, the octopus, Hannah's dad singing, I wish I was a squid man. <laughs> and then there's some conflict there Love with it. the other cephalopods of some sort. We're ready to go. We've got all the raw footage. We can make it whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was a squid man. <laughs> there will be uh, middle school productions of this on various gymnasium stages throughout the country once Absolutely. it you know, has, has run its course in the theaters. Absolutely. The well, we, you know, we, great. We, we talked about SpongeBob earlier, and I just thought, you know, let's bring somebody theatrical into this. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> Outstanding work, Sarah. Outstanding. Yeah, Thank that you. was Thank really you. great. A uh, very tough act to follow. I will try nonetheless. <laughs> Oof, man. Yeah. Oh, you're sweating. Yeah. How do you follow a Jewish octopus? You, <laughs> that sounds like the setup. What's the punchline to that one, David? <laughs> We're about to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, like Sarah, I'm going to try to walk you through my trailer. Stay with me. Try to follow my description of the new blockbuster hit that's coming, coming soon. And... If you guys are ready, here comes my version of Hook Up the Trailer. This is done Haunted House style. Oh, dear. Meet Carl, just an average guy in an average house in an average town. There's a shot of Carl, played by Steve Carell. He's watering the front lawn and waving to some kids who are going by on their bikes. Every Halloween, Carl used to be the scariest guy in Millbury. Then you cut to nighttime. Lightning flashes, and there's a random wolf howl sound effect. Ooh. And there's a shot of his house decorated with Halloween stuff and a Carl's Scream Zone sign out front. Carl's haunted house was the talk of the town every Halloween. There's a close-up of Carl. He's wearing fake vampire teeth, and he's saying, Come into the Scream Zone if you dare. There's a line of people waiting to go in. There's shots of cobwebs, strobing lights. Frankenstein's monster, that kind of thing. Kids screaming everywhere. And then one day, Carl got the scare of his life when he realized his haunted house wasn't that scary anymore. 
Now we have the same shots of cobwebs and creatures in Carl's haunted house, but this time kids are yawning. They're looking down at their iPhones. Even a toddler is like rubbing her eyes and checking the time. Carl's dream of scaring people was crushed. Carl is now in the empty yard full of jack-o'-lanterns and fake headstones, looking up at the sky and exclaiming, Damn you, Internet! My dream is crushed! I'm doomed to be just another accountant! Until Carl makes a spooky friend of his own. Right then, the ghost of Larry David comes rising out of the yard, clutching his back, and says, My sciatica is killing me! Lower back pain! Now that's something truly scary! There's a shot of Carl raising his eyebrows in realization. Now, Carl is out to remodel his side hustle and inject Milbury with a whole new brand of thrills and chills. So on screen, it's Halloween night again, and there's a line of folks waiting in front of his house. The sign says, Carl's Scream Zone 2.0. The headstones in the yard have been replaced by Larry David's ghost vacuuming a beige Toyota Camry while complaining about inflation. Watch one man's epic journey from rejection and despair to validation and despair. Now, like Sarah's, we have a montage. We're back inside the house. Shots of guests screaming in terror. This time, they're screaming at displays about suffering chronic heartburn, mismanaging a retirement account, having to learn new dance moves in public, trying to configure a Wi-Fi router, or maybe being forced to do karaoke while sober. As he rebuilds a haunted house, and his life, with help from the scariest specter of all, Middle Age. H&R Block Productions and Centrum Vitamins Films presents Mid-Fright Crisis, coming only to DVD and VHS. <laughs> That's it. Well done. Well done. That was, uh, that was terrifying. I think it, the aging is obviously the number one fear. But I don't like that Larry David's dead in your version. Like, that, I mean, it's horrible. What a loss for all of us. <laughs> well, that's the that's part of the comedy, right? He's not dead. He's dead. He's, he just plays himself. You know, it's he's like dead on your, the inside. Yeah. yeah, he's just curb your enthusiasm, Larry David. You know, kind of yeah. real, but not real. Anyway, yeah. yeah, that's the idea. I'm sure he'll he'll be good with it. <laughs> what does our what does our judge think of all this? This has been a lot of a film to take in. I ooh, I'm still. What, what did I just hear? No problem. I'll do the whole thing all over again. No problem. Here we go. <laughs> Please, so depressing. <laughs> that was uh, that was interesting. On um, not not a lot of levels, just one. Just one. I'm not sure which one. I'm still looking for that one. Scary middle aged life is you know right there. You know, <laughs> I was expecting a scary house of some sort that was going to eat mm. something. But you got a router. That's, <laughs> I think I would go to a movie. I guess what I'm saying is I would go to a movie to escape my life. Mm -hmm. And I think you described mm -hmm. my life. And maybe that's, <laughs> that's what I'm feeling is the fear that you're describing what I'm living right now. And that's not a movie. Well, I think, I think a hallmark of truly great art is when it reflects your own experience. So David, mm. if that's how you feel, mission accomplished. I feel good about it. Mm. Yeah. You know? No, I've seen my life. I don't want to, I don't want to see that. that you, don't, you don't want to pay $24 to. <laughs> I, would not, I would not pay to see this over. <laughs> Luckily for you, David, no matter how much of uh, reality you see in my trailer or unreality in Sarah's trailer, we are going to mercifully get to event number three, where you really get to bring it all together. 
Uh, I'm sorry, John. Uh, Hanukkah is very, very real. <laughs> oh, no, no doubt. Don't let me don't let me confuse things for you. Uh, I have all the respect in the world for Hanukkah and its fine traditions. You know, throwing dodgeballs underwater, I couldn't get on board with that. So um, be that as it may, let's uh, let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about. <laughs> Oh, are they lighting candles underwater? Oh my gosh, John, you've just blown me away again. Now I gotta. It's possible to light candles underwater. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fantasy. It's a fantasy. <laughs> I'm gonna take it as a compliment that somehow, given the nature of my topic, that Sarah's has become more of a fantasy than mine. I just can't believe it. I never would have bet that. But um, speaking of which, our last event, the third in our triumvirate of goofiness is I Dream of Genie. And the rules for I Dream of Genie are, we have to each provide uh, the wishes that our topic would wish for. What would Octopi wish for? What would Haunted Houses wish for? One little modification to the rules is, one of those three wishes needs to involve the other person's topic. Sound all right? Sounds magical. Fantastic. <laughs> Do I get a wish? <laughs> right now, David's wish is, I wish we, I wasn't doing this. Are we at? I wish I was at the end. I wish I didn't take that call. <laughs> well, you know, sorry, David, can't go back in time. You're here with us now. You got to write it out. <laughs> it's like that haunted movie all over again. <laughs> Sarah, what are the three wishes for Octopi in our I Dream of Genie contest? Well, I'm going to start with a personal wish for an octopus. And that would be, I wish to rewrite 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea and tell my side of the story, that boat had it coming. You know, they've been really unfairly maligned. Uh, we've only heard one side of that story and it's just, this really, it's just really not true. So that would be, that would be an octopus's <laughs> first wish. Next, if an octopus had to give a wish about a haunted house, it would be this. I wish for haunted houses to just be condos with a homeowner's association with strict noise ordinances, meaning the haunted house would get shut down really, really early. So Jeez. I like that one because it really adds insult to injury. And then you've got the neighbors going quiet down, you know, right at nine o'clock. So you've got that. And I just say, I think that would be fun. You know, it's a little bit vindictive um, and that would be a good time for all of us. That's a giant uh, <laughs> wet blanket. Jeez. You know what? I didn't make the rules. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> And finally, with my final wish, you know, you've got one left. You got to really make it good. Um, so the wish is, I wish that anyone who used my unauthorized likeness be fined. So let me explain. Mm. An octopus is used in a lot of logos, a lot of uh, different products like whiskeys and a lot of software companies and things like that. Um, and the octopus has never signed off on this. This is it's really not fair. They've been, you know, uh, drawing pictures, taking pictures of them for years uh, with absolutely no compensation. So the wish is for the royalties to, to come uh, the octopus's way. So uh, that would be the third wish. Yes, David. In your world, is there just one octopus? That's getting the royalties. <laughs> I, well, here's the thing. Octopus are very, they're a very social group. So they, they, they work as a collective, kind of like the Borg, right? They've got a hive mind and, uh, and they're going to use it all together. They're going to pool their resources and do this together. Okay. Uh, so it's, it's, you know, it's a lot of cooperation, I'd say. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So the sharing, the sharing, the, sharing the royalties. Exactly. Yeah. They've got a Teamwork. system of, of trade and currency. They'll distribute all that money. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. No doubt. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, I've got I've got three wishes on behalf of the haunted houses. Excellent. And I dare say a little more constructive and less critical of certain other topics wishes. But nonetheless, uh, I'll dive right into them. So if a haunted house had three wishes, wish number one would be for there to be some improvements in fake eyeball and guts technology. With all the awesome advances in tech, you'd think we'd get past the bowl of peeled grapes and some stuffed pantyhose. And maybe that goes for all manner of accessories. You know, spiders, they could look better. Maybe we could have some Alexa-powered zombies. I don't know. But we need to bring all this stuff to current date. I feel like the tech involved is is from when they started this stuff out in the Great Depression, and it never changed. It's still very depressing. but yeah. It is. So this is just the accessory market needs to up its game to support haunted houses. So that's wish number one. Uh, wish number two, an HDTV remodeling kind of home makeover style. So I'd like to see a crew get in there and, you know, let's open up the space, maybe some more natural light, maybe some stainless appliances, a nice patio or deck. We could work on the curb appeal, maybe replace the stone gargoyles and oil lamps with some tasteful reclaimed woodwork and LEDs. And then finally, wish number three for the um, haunted houses, of course, has to be about octopi. And, and this one, I just want to help. I just want to help this, this poor class of animal. I think they get a bad rap. They need real improvements in their interpersonal skills uh, for a lot of reasons. So I think the wish would be for Octopi to get some help relating to others, perhaps through business etiquette and communications classes. I think they could make a way better impression if they had good posture, God forbid, maybe ease up on the handshakes, you know, a little less pressure maybe easy on the suction cups if they became better listeners you know maybe one of those old school courses where they have to balance a book on their head you know and walk uh use the correct fork at dinner all that sort of thing i think their reputation in the world would go way up uh, at least get them above the crustaceans so that's my wish number three for octopi oh that's very elitist but okay i'm just trying to help i'm trying to get <laughs> get these guys you know get their status in the world where it should be, which is, as I said, maybe just above crustaceans. Those are my those are my three wishes in I Dream of Genie. Hmm. Wow, very magnanimous. Uh, thank you, of, thank you uh, of you, John, to think so much on the needs of the octopi of the world and uh, get them into society. I like the handshake one. The suction cup is a little creepy. You mm -hmm. got to figure out how to use that a little less. You know. And uh, I don't know about the book on the head thing. I think that would be a little squishy. I, I think, huh. you know, we don't want to squish the octopus. It's just, it's one technique. I'm not saying that's the way you got to do it, but you get the picture. <laughs> you know, you want to stand up straight, kind of walk with a purpose and some pride. And I think that'd be, that'd be an improvement. You don't think it would be more creepy to see an octopus walking around the bottom of the ocean, like a proper lady and gentleman. <laughs> it's sort of like when, Cats walk on their hind legs mm -hmm. on, up on twos. I love That's that. It's a little yeah. creepy. That's creepy. Terrifying. Terrifying. So terrifying. I love it when people when people dress animals up in people no. clothes and give no. them hats and things. Oh, it's the best. No. Call me a humanist, but I like that we're winning the evolution race. <laughs> and when I see something catching up, I'm freaked. I got exactly I got to right. up my game now. I got to learn a new skill. <laughs> yeah, I'm not looking for a complete overhaul here. I'm just saying okay. if they were to walk with a little more posture. I mean, okay. if you've seen video one of those things cruising along the bottom, they're just flowing over everything in a weird 
creepy, threatening way. Thank you. Yeah. Or a graceful ballet. I mean, it depends on the eyes of the beholder. Oh, it. Uh, I guess it does. Because if you see ballet, I, I'm seeing something <laughs> completely different. But nonetheless, that was my wish, as David said, to help. And I think that's a theme. <laughs> The theme of mine this evening is, Very is, magnanimous of you, yes. is helping others and contributing to the world. So glad it was noted. David, we've given you a lot to think about. We want to give you a few minutes to consider your ultimate decision. And while you're doing that, we're going to take a break to hear from another one of our sponsors. We all love decaf coffee for its flavor and aroma, but have you ever felt like something was missing? Do you wish it gave you that special zip that other beverages do? Introducing Recaf, the recaffeinated decaf coffee. Recaf offers you all the benefits of decaf with an extra dose of caffeine to help you make it through the day. Our patented recaffeinating process takes decaf beans and slowly reintroduces caffeine to them, offering our customers the best of both worlds through a complicated and unnecessary scientific process. Find Recaf at your local specialty food shop, vegan grocery, or wherever high-priced products are sold. And for those looking for just a bit less of an edge, there's Recaf Half-Calf, with half the reintroduced caffeine removed. Recaf today and re-fall in re-love with coffee. All right, and we're back. We uh, left our judge with a lot to think about. David, how are you feeling about all this? This is a lot of pressure. This is a lot of pressure. I mean, um, the, the topics are right up my alley, uh, something I think everybody talks about. So this is a lot of pressure uh, and I'm feeling it. Mm -hmm. I think you both brought your A game or air game. I don't know. A game. Uh, the, the, the arguments and, and I love the games because what makes it more clear than a friend, a genie <laughs> and a movie, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's how I like to break down my arguments. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we're trying to decide between tuna casserole and hamburgers for dinner. Hamburgers. I, we go. We go to the <laughs> or grilled cheese. Uh, we go to Hell those yeah. three games. Uh, anyway, so that said, uh, I do have a clear winner, and I, I want to say the friendship thing. Clearly. My friend is going to be the haunted house, the fun guy. You know, it's, it's simple, right? I mean, I got a simple brain. I'm just going to go with the fun guy and we're going to have a great time. The, the, I think the second was the movie thing. And I got to be honest with you. Uh, I, I went more with the kids movie with the octopus uh, catching the dodgeballs and the candles underwater and the eight candles and uh, Hanukkah. Yeah, we need mm -hmm. a new, we need a great Hanukkah movie out there. Mm -hmm. Well done. Well done with that movie. Um, and then the last, that gave me the, I think the, the toughest, the genie was really tough. But at the end of the day, I thought John brought that one home. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, John, yeah, I think you nailed it, especially with trying to make the octopus a little bit better. You know what? You're not afraid of the competition. Nope. You want your competition to be better. Exactly. You know, maybe next time he's better than a haunted house, but for this time, no, you got to take haunted house over the octopus, even with the genie. Excellent. Uh, oh, uh, I'm so psyched. Congratulations, John. That's uh, you, you well touched done. on something there that is right on David, which is every time we do this, I want the competition to be better. Uh, I want, I want Sarah to be better than how she is. And I try my best and maybe one day she'll get there, but not today. 
you know, John, I don't know if I'd go around telling people that this is you trying your best. I just, just a thought <laughs> pro tip, you know, maybe, maybe don't say that. <laughs> Classic octopi sympathizer position. <laughs> and I mean, I never even had to, had to utter the statement, you know, that octopi suck because they obviously do. Uh, Low hanging fruit. I didn't even have to go there. Didn't have to go there. David. I'm so, I'm so proud of you for not going there. Thank you. <laughs> That means that means a little bit, maybe maybe nothing, but thanks for saying it. I knew you meant well, David. Awesome job, man! Wow, yes. we gotta gotta have you here every time. If I, with yeah. this kind of judgment and this logic and clear, <laughs> clear and sound reasoning, I, you know, you're everything we could want in a judge and more. I think he might have been bribed. I'm not even sure if this is fair. I feel like this might have been rigged, but I still enjoyed having you, David. You're an excellent judge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very judgmental. I've been told that all my life, and I'm glad I could bring it to uh, this forum in a successful manner. So uh, I'll say thanks for having me on. It's been fantastic. This is a lot of fun. This is a great fun. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, David. Just wanted to express our appreciation to a couple more folks as well. Thanks to the internet for all the awesome research help. Thanks to our friend Hilberto for our show logo. Hilberto and his team at Mundo provide creative direction and branding for digital products. You can visit them at mundostudio.co. Also, thanks to David once again for being here, agreeing to sit with us on zoom and engage in this ridiculous sparring that we like to do we really appreciate it and um we're looking forward to doing it with you again sometime absolutely soon as the next the check clears for this one I'll... fair enough in the mail <laughs> fair enough again thanks david and of course thanks to everyone out there for listening with that we'll see you next time on no comparison Thanks for listening to No Comparison. Stay tuned for outtakes from today's episode. No Comparison is produced by John Taylor and Sarah Baggett, and our music is by Kevin McLeod. You can reach us at nocomparisonpodcast at gmail.com or find us on Facebook. I mean, an octopus is a real animal, so that's different. <laughs> So you say. <laughs> and, and you haven't had one yet. You haven't had, I mean, I got sloths. No, I've eaten octopus. <laughs> <laughs> I have. <laughs> Our mission statement is to create art. Oh my God. <laughs> you didn't read that in the no comparison? I didn't see that in the fine print yet. <laughs> it's going to be very hard for you to lose with any of these. I don't know. An octopus is a kick-ass animal. Oh yeah. Seriously. They yeah, are no, I know. Horrifyingly capable. They're very, very, very smart. And again, I have actually eaten octopus, and I'm terrified of them now. <laughs> My God, the suckers and that, that beak—it's the scariest uh, thing in the uh, world. <laughs> yeah, but it's going to be on your side. You have one I of know. those in your army. You're like, <laughs> like the queen from the show with the dragons. What's her name? Daenerys. There you yes. go. You're Daenerys like, You're going to be like queen of octopi, and you're going to you're going to have those things coming at me. <laughs> That's where you got to be. You got to get your head in that. I cannot imagine anything more terrifying than having an octopus army. <laughs> right. But, but you're in charge of it. So it's terrifying to me. That's where you mm. got to be on that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I had to get there with lemonade, lady. And Sarah's dancing. <laughs>
I love our intro music. I do too. It's growing on me every time. It's it's the strongest part of the whole show. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. <laughs> that in the very end, after the music and after the outtakes, that very outtakes. last moment of silence, right at the very end, is the other strongest part. So true. When everyone knows it's over. <laughs> mercifully ended thank god it's over people are listening to this on like their podcast apps and they're counting down that counter on the second side of the slider that has like how many minutes and seconds are left please release me for them it's like the new year's eve countdown like i can't wait i cannot wait I mean, Mars could use some sweeping up. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the pictures there, but well, we're already we're already leaving our garbage all over it, so that's good. <laughs> just like the ocean, it'll be just like home. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Where, where, wait, wait a second. Where do you dump your trash, Sarah? I I toss mine in the ocean. Is that wrong? Yeah, yeah. No, I just I immediately put it down a storm drain. I don't think those lead anywhere, so it's Mm-mm. fine. They just, yeah. yeah, I think those <laughs> are Mars. <laughs> they lead to Mars. <laughs> Portrait to Mars. What's the name of my band? <laughs> well, before we before we get to our inter, uh, interviews. <laughs> oh, hey, hello. hello. Well, before we Turn get to. On. <laughs> Sorry. I might need to. <laughs> and you know what they say with Broth Brothers when it comes to style and presence, the soup is always on. That's just so gross. I love that one. It's so, it's so stupid. It's so funny Soupy. though. Soup's always on is like my What is a pocket watch? They're I like fine. the way you said that too. Like, I like pocket watch. I like good pocket watch. They're fine. I mean, David, you should look into this. Fine furnishings for men. I know that's a foreign mm. concept fine to you. But right. there's nothing like a nice vest. Made out of soup. A soupy bread vest? <laughs> no, 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 no. no. I'm, talking about, I'm talking about in soupy general vest. for the for the for the discerning gentleman. Something mm. like a, a vest and a pocket watch. Mm. Uh, maybe a cane and a top is he, is hat. Is he like a train director from the 1800s? <laughs> yeah. Cane my, and a vest. <laughs> my wife's happy if I go out with a shirt on. Okay. I, I, <laughs> right. Let's, let's, let's keep it manageable. <laughs> Believe me, she's not the only one. <laughs> Zing. <laughs> I'm going to get called into corporate and I'm going to walk into the meeting and Sarah's going to be sitting there, not looking at me. And uh, HR is going to be sitting there and they're going to say, well, Mr. Taylor, uh, we really do appreciate all that you've uh, tried to contribute to the show. No. <laughs> but we've decided to make, we've decided to make a change. No. <laughs> moreover, moreover, our sponsors have demanded we make a change. That's what's no going to happen to me. No yep. Way. That's what's coming. <laughs> Oreo is the official snack of triathletes everywhere. 